Welcome to the Wellness Pod. I'm your host Malika, and we have a lot of energy and a lot of excitement from our end for this semester. So I'm really, really excited. For sure, every break is a time to recharge your mental, your emotional, and your physical well-being to take stock of what went well and how you want to get better. And I'm your other host, Impiwa. Impiwa, I cannot believe this is our fourth season of the Wellness Pod. Welcome to the family. As you might know, throughout the semester, we release episodes where we talk about self-care and all things wellness for Yellen US College. Yes. And yeah, I'm also super, super humbled. The fact that we can say that this thing started three years ago is beyond me. <laughs> and I love the fact that we do this. For this episode, we are getting back into one of our more popular, more fun topics. Many of us are at that stage where we're about to make really big decisions for ourselves. Um, this might look like applying to grad school, choosing to go on semester abroad. Um, and all of these are really scary decisions that we're making for our future selves. Um, but I think it becomes especially daunting when you have to consider the relationships you have and the ties that you share. And at the stage where we're young, but not too young, we may be feeling burdened by some of the next few decisions we potentially have to make that could impact the trajectory of our lives. So today, we're here to talk about relationships during this transitionary period in our lives and all the considerations that go into this commitment. Yo, that's deep. I agree. I feel like this episode as well, for me, will confirm those looming feelings that I have about um, having adult relationships and those mattering more and influencing the person that I am and will be. You know, those looming thoughts that I was like, that I'm like, oh, too sure if this is true or not so i'm really looking forward to this episode yep and after we talk to our guest today you might be feeling a bit more comfortable with dealing with the inevitable we have an amazing guest to talk with us on this topic Corey. hi everyone i'm Corey owen and she her pronouns and i am the current acting dean of students at yale and us super excited to be here and talk about you know all the things I experienced and how I had to navigate these same questions in my own life. So many people might not know all the career moves you've made across different cities. How have these decisions impacted the different relationships you've navigated? It's such a good question because, in fact, my first career move was actually based on my relationship because I was dating this person who I ended up marrying. And at the time, I knew we were going to get married eventually. And he was starting a master's in our small college town. And I was like, oh, do I really want to go do a long distance relationship or should I try to find a job in the city? And, and I did. I really wanted to find a job that used my degree, uh, but let me stay near to my partner. And so I started working at Texas A&M at the English Language Institute. And I worked there doing all sorts of fun, random stuff that I didn't know anything about. And it was so funny because I fell into something I wasn't looking for. But it was actually because I was looking just to stay in the city to explore my options. And then from there, subsequently, I made a lot of interesting decisions that were based on dialoguing with my my partner. So after um, we finished our year in this small, tiny college town, he got a job offer in Houston, Texas, or Dallas, Texas. And he was like, which one do you like better? We decided to move to Houston. So I left a job that I really loved in our small town. We got married. We moved to Houston, Texas. We moved to Houston because of my husband's job, but I really found a home there. 
And so we lived there for a long time and it was amazing. Um, we had talked about moving to some other places, but at that point it was my turn for a master's. So, cause he had just finished his and I was like, all right, my turn. So I did my master's while working full time. When I finished my master's, I was like, all right, it's your turn. You want to go for another degree? And he said, no, no, I'm done. Your turn, go again. And so that's when I started my doctorate, which was uh, a really great opportunity for me to learn a lot more about student affairs. I didn't know anything about student affairs at the time. And so I was mostly, I was a halfway done with my degree when he got offered an amazing job opportunity in New York. He convinced me, we moved up to New York and I fell in love. I mean, it was amazing. And it took me, uh, uh, I think, two, three months to find a full-time job. I had a grad assistantship there and it was great to get my foot into the door. And I got this job that I really loved in New York and I was there for eight years. I never thought I was gonna be there that long. But in the middle of the pandemic, we had a lot of time to reflect. And um, I had gone to this amazing lecture. It was a keynote speaker at this conference I was at. And this guy comes on stage and he's the president of a small school in Singapore. And he's just talking about this community that he loves. And he's so excited. He's like bouncing on his toes, literally on stage, talking about the EcoPont and our residential colleges and how many student orgs we have and how involved students are. And I just sat there in the audience thinking, I want to work with that guy one day. I want to work for a president that cares about students. And so I applied. And I'll be honest, I did not get even an interview the first time I applied. But three years later, I applied again, and that was in the middle of the pandemic. I got a job interview, and my husband was like, yeah, it's your turn. Let's go. Let's do it. We've been trying to move abroad. This sounds fantastic. And we moved to Singapore. And so now I'm here living the dream. That story is so beautiful. We don't get to hear these stories, but that's so lovely. I think there's always this issue with making big decisions. But I think something that I have been curious about is with making big decisions for someone, I think the fear of regret or resentment rising when you're making it almost to support them. And I think for me, for example, um, I, I'm in a long distance relationship and he has more flexibility than I do in terms of moving. And I think there's always that like thought in the back of my mind, which is if he comes to Singapore, it's in large part to be with me. Uh, is that a fair ask from him? Um, and will there ever be resentment or regret that arises in that relationship where there's a, oh, I did this for you. I made this big sacrifice for you. Um, I don't even know if people view it as sacrifice, but um, yeah, do you have, how do you navigate such situations? How did you navigate such situations? So I think what I would say is the first thing to consider is, are you doing it for someone or are you doing it with someone? And so I would challenge everyone to really think about in your decision-making process, if you're doing it for someone, there probably will be resentment and frustration and anger and bitterness. If you're making a decision with someone, that really changes the paradigm, right? So at no point did I choose to move to New York for Kyle's job, but I chose because we made an informed decision to to move our lives together over there and and just to give you a little bit of context when we decided to do that we actually decided that he would go up one year before me so we did a year of long distance what five years into our marriage and um, that was something that we both chose freely and with you know 
doing what research you could. There's always things that are unexpected. So when I got there and I didn't have a job for, uh, I think I, my, I think I went like five, six weeks without a job. And then I got a part-time grad assistantship. I was scared. I was stressed. I was not resentful towards him or bitter towards him because it was a decision I had made. And anytime you change jobs or careers, there is that fear. There is that nervousness. And that has nothing to do with me moving for him, but it has a, the whole reason is that it was change. And so for me, having that mindset ensured that there was no frustration or anger. It's different to talk about feelings, about decisions that we made together versus feeling that somebody had to give up something, right? So, you know, at the beginning of this, you know, podcast, I was talking about how we kind of took turns. And I say that a little facetiously because it's not really that we were tallying marks. All right, now it's your turn for a master's degree. But we kind of want to ensure that no one felt that one person's career or life trajectory was taking precedent over the other. I feel mind blown by that perspective shift from such a simple thing of doing something for someone as opposed to doing something with someone. Because when you're with someone, when you're doing something with someone that's a partnership that's like a team effort right as opposed to someone making sacrifice because I think that that word is so heavy so I really appreciate that yeah oh along the same lines of big decisions we can see that you are very well seasoned in that field <laughs> with your partner and that's that's really amazing um, I think in addition to communication as you have already quite well shared with us what is your other piece of advice for those who are making big relationship-based decisions like for example build to order bto or um, marriage and possibly children sure i mean so i do think that um when there are timelines perceived or real it can add pressure and so really being honest with yourself first and foremost is really vital so let's start with talking about children first. Um, so for women that want to carry a child, often there is this biological clock and there's medical reasons to have a certain time frame. And, you know, some of that is biological in nature. Some of that is social pressure. Some of that is cultural pressure. Some of that is the media that we consume, right? And so I encourage people to really sit with that um my husband and i chose not to have children and that came from the fact that both of us were like yeah i could go either way both of us felt yeah sure if you want well if you want and we sat there and we're like well if neither of us feel really strongly about this maybe we shouldn't um because that I, i'm not sure that it is great for a child to grow up in a household where both parents are like um, and so that was really tough because I think the assumption is for a happy marriage, happy hetero family, it looks like 2.5 kids and a house and blah, blah, blah. And that, that wasn't something that we were looking for. And we did get some pressure, societal pressure, familial pressure, and, and it is what it is. You have to navigate that together as a couple, because again, communication is important. But before we had, that, I think you have to be introspective and figure out for yourself what that looks like. But it can be really scary to be honest. It can be, especially if you feel like there's a lot of pressure, um, either internally or externally telling you to live your life in a certain way. And by no means should you feel like you need to just uh, flippantly make a decision. But 
really think about it yourself before you even talk about it with your partner. Because I think that if you are not honest with yourself first and you talk to your partner who you love and respect, it may influence how you actually feel about a topic. And, you know, that may also lead into delayed resentment or frustration. Uh, What I've noticed throughout everything that you've been sharing is the recurring theme of being able to make opportunities for yourself, even in the the different circumstances that you've been in, especially with your partner, if there's a whole other person involved, like that whole communication thing that you've been saying is so important for you guys to be on the same page, not just for the sake of the other person, but also for yourself. And I think that's a very admirable albeit some people might initially see it as something that's like selfish or maybe self um, based but it's actually really important for your own (laughs) wellness and your own future and it's really good if you can get to do it with someone else so yeah thank you for demystifying that for us Um, it's, it's just really really important let's take it back a few steps in terms of people who might not be in a relationship at the moment but uh, wanting to see how they can move forward. Um, personally, for me, I've noticed that because of like the fact that I've been traveling a lot and I'm blessed to be traveling, uh, my relationship meter, just in general, not just romantic, but also for platonic and you know sustaining connections with people in general from um, here where I am at the moment in France, back home in Zimbabwe, and just anywhere I go and I connect with people, right? And then I have to go. <laughs> So what advice would you have for people who are constantly on the move, right? And this could be people who are um, young, people who are in high school as well, because they might not even know what's going on. But then, you know, those are their childhood friends that someone would say they're actually supposed to be able to connect with and foster long-term relationships. And then also people who are old, who want to maintain friends, but they can't because they're also on the move. Um, So what would you, what advice would you have for people who want to still build and maintain relationships, but are constantly on the move? Such a great question. Um, I feel like, you know, with opportunities to travel and also just plain busyness, sometimes it's not even about travel. Sometimes you're in the same city, but due to life, you just don't have the same amount of time to commit. That can be complicated. And what I would say is, this is so cheesy, but I, I really do believe by this, um, that that whole theory of the five love languages, even if you do not uh, follow the, uh, because it is technically a book, like a Christian self-help book. um, I find that the tenets are really helpful for me to frame how I maintain relationships with people in ways that make sense to them and make them feel valued. So I'll use my husband as an example. He He is a gifts person. I am not a gifts person. And it was really hard for me to remember to show him that I care, even if I'm busy. And so what I would do is put in my calendar to bring him home a Mountain Dew Code Red because they're hard to find. And if I brought that home, he'd be like, oh, my God. Or I would bring home a pack of Skittles. It's like, you thought about me. It wasn't about the price of the gift. It was that I thought about him. And that really made a difference. Um, I have other friends where we just do like, uh, Zoom calls now that we're all far apart and we schedule them and we follow through with them. And I think for me, I'm not a words of affirmation person at all, but I have friends that that's what they need. And so I will put, I will literally put calendar reminders, check in on so-and-so. And so I'll send them like a little text or a bit emoji. I don't 
me to send them a long novel about why they're amazing and how much I care about them. But just checking in on them shows them that I care. And because that's not a, a natural way for me to show care, I, I just schedule it. <laughs> because, and that may sound not sincere, but it is sincere. It's just that it takes a different type of language. So I think traveling is a blessing and you want to share that. But um, it can be a lot to juggle the different ways in, in which we keep people feeling fully cared for during that fun, busy time. And not feel guilty about it because we shouldn't feel guilty about that. But it can feel like a lot of pressure, especially with time zones. What you said, Corey, about how you change some of your behaviors because your friends or your or your partner um, receives love differently. You have to like accommodate their needs. I think in that is a gesture of care and concern, right? Because if you didn't care, you wouldn't observe these things about them. You would... Um, you know, try to show them love in the way that you like to receive love. At least I know that that is a familiar complaint that I've heard amongst my friends and so on. So I think that that's that in itself is is such a big gesture of love, um, knowing what their love languages are. Yeah. So perhaps our final question today, through your years of marriage, do you have any advice for improving your communication and working through big decisions, um, especially if you have different or conflicting desires at the moment? Um, and how do you compromise and where to compromise? I think it's a lot about give and take, but without keeping score. I think it's really important not to tally it up because not every compromise or every decision has the same weight. Um, as other ones and so I think it's a it's there's not a way to do it one and two if you try it's often just so unhealthy and it doesn't come from a place of love and care it comes from a place of um, justification and I'm not sure that really helps with a good strong foundation for care so I, I think the one thing I would say I wish that all couples and all friendships would learn all relationships would learn is that People change and they grow and we shouldn't hold people hostage to uh, a certain point of time of who they were in that moment. Thank you so much for sharing this wisdom with us, Corey. I think what I've even noticed about you as an individual is that you are such an enterprising individual. And I think that in itself just shows that to this day, even like you are open to making change and um, open-minded to changing your course of life, even from the beginning where um, you and your now husband were trying to figure out where to move to. And ever since then, it's just been getting better at doing that. And that's an admirable trait because quite frankly, I think most people actually do see um, long-term commitment with, with partners or marriage in general as something static, you know, you can settle into a routine and then that's it. You only have one chance and that's it. But I love how you have been viewing your relationship as an adventure. Because honestly, change is inevitable, like you said. So thank you so much for sharing all of that wisdom. Because honestly, the C word um, in relationships, which is compromise, <laughs> is definitely such a scary word for a lot of people. Because people view compromise as sacrifice, which is not the same thing. 
so thank you for all like just eloquently differentiating that for us and also the importance of making informed decisions together not making it seem like you're doing research by yourself but doing research together is very important because it makes it makes you both involved in the process so yeah i especially loved the the part that you shared about what it looks like to maintain relationships with people um especially when there's distance and that's definitely communicating with them in their love languages and also understanding their personalities it just it goes a long way so thank you so so much for sharing all of these nuggets of wisdom i had so much to pick up and i'm sure all of us did as well as malika and yeah i'm 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 really blessed to have this conversation so thank you so much cory for joining us and having such a wonderful discussion with us And to you listening in, thank you for staying to the end and we hope you have enjoyed this episode as much as we have. If you want to keep up to date with the podcast and all wellness related programs on campus, follow us on Instagram at Yale and US Wellness for more. Until then, stay well, stay safe and take care. <laughs>